0: Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide, is the game good by today's standards, is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird.
1: I'm your host Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Kirby's Adventure for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Kirby's adventure is the story of SHIELD director Nick Kirby and his top secret mission to track down King DDD and Meta Knight to talk to them about the Super Smash Bros initiative. Okay. I see what you did there. Yeah, I mean, that's what this game's about. <laughs> Kirby from Super Smash
0: Bros. <laughs> oh, wasn't uh yeah, he he was introduced in Super Smash Bros., just like uh Metroid was introduced in Super yes, Smash Metroid, Bros. Yes, Metroid. Well. If you yes. guys remember from the super metroid episode
1: yeah um i contend that super smash bros ultimate is a kirby game because he is the main protagonist i know that from the
0: two three fights i've played from the story mode
1: oh the story (laughs) mode Smash ultimate they finally made a story (laughs) mode that was well no that's not true the wii one was awesome the subspace emissary yeah yeah, it's the only one i think i've ever finished but if we're not going to get that this was pretty good i'll take uh this new Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, whatever. But way back before Super Smash Bros., Kirby was actually in his own game, come to find out. Yeah, he was in a lot of his own games way before Super Smash Bros. Jordan. I actually did know that because one of the few Game Boy games that I had when I was a little kid was Kirby's Dreamland, the first one, which was the very first Kirby game, right? Yes, yes.
0: Uh, Kirby's Adventure was the second Kirby game.
1: Oh, okay. So that that makes sense because this one definitely has some stuff in it that I did not. I was kind of wondering, like I actually had to go back and pull out um, Kirby's Dream Land and make sure, like, did I just not know that you can press down and like steal people's powers? So I thought maybe when I was a kid, I just totally missed a key component of the game, but it's not in there. The NES version definitely had some stuff that um, was not in the version that I played as a kid.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jordan, I have a bunch of research that I've, I've done, and I'm going to try to work it into the episodes a little more often now, since a lot of the time it goes to waste. But since you brought up the the fact that you can't steal powers in Kirby's Dreamland, that actually plays into a couple of the points that I have.
1: Well, them on me, because I I would love to be enlightened about video games. I know that I already am the person in this relationship that has the most video game knowledge, but I'm always willing to learn a little bit. Well, there's a couple of of things.
0: The copyability was added due to criticism of the first game's simplicity to add challenge and replay value.
1: Well, check. They did it. Congrats. (laughs)
0: Definitely a big improvement. And it's funny, so... I haven't played Kirby's dreamland. I don't know how simple it is, but apparently it was, it was too simple for people. And I guess, so in this game, they added mini games and yes, the Wikipedia page said mini games are added out of fear that the expanded set of moves would give players the impression that the game was difficult.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, that's wow that's really interesting Yeah, they thought that the main game was too difficult so they added mini games for just like a little hit a quick fun well it wasn't
0: that they thought the game was too difficult they, but didn't, it had want, the they potential. didn't want players to think it was too difficult
1: uh, because of the
0: expanded moves so they added mini games
1: well okay to be fair comparing it to Kirby's Dream Land it definitely has a whole lot more going on so I can yeah. kind of see like if they're comparing it to the original alright lay some more on me I'm liking yeah, this Yeah. Uh,
0: Miyamoto And Iwata were two out of the three game's producers. So a lot of the uh, the big uh, names in Nintendo had to do with this game. And uh, the director of Super Smash Bros. Also the director of Kirby's Adventure.
1: Yeah, I actually did know that because I've seen there's a picture floating around of all of them. Like, I think during the development of this game where they're all holding up their drawings of Kirby. Yeah. And I think is Iwata was the programmer, right? Like, he was yeah. not an art guy. I think so. So they all have, like, really cool drawings of Kirby. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then yeah. he's got, like, a terrible stick figure version. It's mm-hmm. like you can tell who the programmer is. So I think <laughs> I think that I kind of knew that just from that famous picture.
0: Yeah, it's funny, like, playing this game. So this game came out in 1993 um may in north america uh september in the pal regions um and i feel like it really shows that the big nintendo guys had something to do with this game just based on it uh there's a lot here there's a lot here that we can we can get into but i feel like it shows that those guys had something to do with this game yep i totally agree Um, another thing I have written down, the game has 41 levels across seven worlds. Just a nice little
1: miscellaneous fact. Definitely a big upgrade over Kirby's Dream Land, which I played also leading up to this because it's only five levels and uh, you can knock that one out pretty quick. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Uh,
0: A couple other things real quick. Development started as an NES port of Kirby's Dream Land and then it just expanded into its own game.
1: Yeah, I mean, so. you, they, they probably ported the whole thing in like a day, and they're like, uh, we should probably add some more stuff to this. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And then last but not least, of course, this game developed by Hal Laboratory and published by Nintendo. See, okay, um, my first introduction to like like knowing what Hal was was Super Smash Bros because mm-hmm. of that weird logo that comes yeah. up on the Super Smash Bros. N64 where it's like a dog n- nursing... Is it a dog? Babies?
0: I feel like it's like a mole in no, a bird's nest
1: a, or something. I thought I always <laughs> thought it was like a dachshund, like a, a
0: uh, you know, a wiener dog. I don't know. It's like something, yeah, I don't know. To me, in my brain, it looks like a mole inside of a bird's nest.
1: You know, teach their own.
0: Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Uh Jordan, do you just want to get into what the game does well?
1: I think so. Let's just jump right in. All right, let's get into it. Alright, number one thing for me, as somebody who grew up playing Kirby's Dreamland, the the biggest thing that stands out to me And I've played this game now twice in the past year, like played through the whole thing, once just for fun and then once for the podcast now. And the biggest thing that stood out to me was the power-ups. There's 25 Mm. different power-ups. You can even suck in. So what happens if you've never played this before, if you've somehow never experienced Kirby in a Smash Bros. game is you can like breathe in the bad guys (laughs) and then you like squish and then all of a sudden you have their powers And it doesn't just work on, like, the little enemies, but it also even works on some of the bosses where you can steal their powers. I was like, this is is incredible. And I first started writing them down. I was like, oh, there's probably, like, you know, four, five, six of these. 25 different power-ups.
0: 25? I thought I saw 20 somewhere as I was poking around doing my research. Um, And I believe I also read originally they came up with 40 abilities
1: and they kept their favorite. So you might be right about 25, but I, I know thought I saw 20. There were definitely some that got cut because some of the trivia questions that we aren't going to be using had to do with cut uh, powers. Oh, and so there were definitely some that they tested out and then didn't end up in the final
2: game.
0: Yeah. Maybe they ended up in the Super
1: Nintendo Kirby Superstar, the cooking power. <laughs> oh, there's, there's all <laughs> sorts of powers that later, I mean, Kirby would, you know just from super smash bros has a gazillion powers one gazillion one that's the actual scientific number i looked it up <laughs> he has one gazillion um yeah i definitely have the powers written down
0: as something that this game does well there are a ton of them my favorites were the throw ability you can like suck enemies in and then just throw them in any direction
1: Oh yeah, so there's the throw, but then there's also the the like where you suck them in, and then you can like power bomb them. Yeah, but the backbreaker,
0: I think, is what it's called. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that boss really got on my nerves, and I only got his power one time. Ooh. So screw that power.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, the ones he's that like so jump annoying. out, they grab you, they slam you. Well, that uh, we we will talk about that. Okay, all right. Um,
0: not that. Sp- well, anyways, uh, UFO power. Yeah, My UFO favorite. power. Obviously the best one the in best the game. The best one. And so they know it's the best one. So yeah. if you go back to go get the UFO power, the enemies won't spawn. Oh.
1: It's garbage. It shows up twice in the game, I think, right? I think I saw it three times in the game. Okay. So basically you can suck in a UFO and then you can fly anywhere. You you don't have to yeah. like be slow flying Kirby. You're fast flying Kirby and you can shoot like uh, a quick laser beam or you can charge it up and shoot a giant star that, like, instant kills pretty much anything. Yeah. Or you can, like, press a direction and shoot, and it does, like, a like a laser beam. Yeah, the beam attack. The beam attack. It's so good. There's, like, a strong
0: star, a weak star, a laser, and the beam attack. And when you get to the end of the level, they take it away. Yeah. Which, which is so dumb. No, you would just fly through the game otherwise. It's fine. Let me fly through the game. So I went back to the, the first level where you get the UFO. Cause yeah. Because I was like, this is going to be cool. Because I'm gonna use it in this other level, and then it uh, it just wasn't there. I was like, "What? Why would these enemies just not spawn?" Because they know Dan.
1: They don't. They knew what you problem. were gonna do, Jordan. and they didn't want you to cheese through the entire game. I wanted to cheese through the entire game. I know. Because that was one of the more fun powers. Dan, speaking of the entire game, I thought this entire game had a great aesthetic. Not just it was. It had great music. It had great like just like the colors of it, the music, the world map, the animations. I just loved the feel of this game.
0: Yeah. Now before we talk about that, I okay, have one more one more, more, got, I got more. one more. You got more things, Dan. I was Jordan, a great transition. Jordan, I've got one more little point about right. the powers. All right. You go
1: back, but we're we're keeping no, that we're transition. Good. That was amazing. It's,
0: it was a great transition. I don't think we're going to stay off of it long. All right. If you suck in two enemies with powers at the same time, you get a random
1: ability. Yeah. I really like that about the powers. So it's not like that it's not the last. Wait, what do you mean a random ability? So if you suck in like a spark guy and a yeah. fire
0: guy at the same time. Yeah. And then you press down. Yeah. The thing will scroll through all of the powers in the game and it'll give you a random one. Wait, what? Get good, Jordan. I thought that it gave you one of those two randomly. No. Nope. Oh, man. I all have- of the powers in the game. So you can get UFO randomly. Okay. In levels if you get lucky.
1: I think, unless they programmed it so that you can't. They might not have, because you can't get, like, they wouldn't have given you, like, the Star Wand or, like, too early or anything. Oh, well, no. But I think
0: from playing this game as a kid, which I should say I've played this game most of my life, um, I beat it as a child.
1: Okay. Shocking.
0: Sweet brag, Dan. Not a sweet brag, but just the point is, it's an NES game that I beat as a child. That's saying
1: something. It is saying something. I never beat Kirby's Dream Land as a child, so. That's also saying something, but anyways, I'm pretty sure that I did randomly roll the UFO power in the past. That's pretty cool. I kind of that makes me want to go play this some more. Well, we're you already transitioned?
0: Yeah. So before we get to the, like you know the some of some of the, the replay value.
1: Okay, let's talk uh, about how good this game just looks and yeah, sounds and yeah. all of that. Okay, let's do it. I already said that I liked it. Now you should say something.
0: So this, like I said, this game came out in 1993. So it was uh, at the end of the life cycle. Yeah. Uh, Obviously some of the key figures at Nintendo had to do with it. It was published by Nintendo. So in the hands of Hal and Nintendo, they were able to really do something special on the NES. Most of the games from that time in the NES life cycle always look really good.
1: Yeah, this does not look like, I mean, it, it's an NES game, but it does not look like an early NES game. No. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to use hyperbole and say this looks like a Super Nintendo game. Yes. But man, you can tell that this is bridging the gap between the two because it looks great.
0: I think the only thing that holds the visuals back is the NES color palette. Yeah, for Sometimes sure. Sometimes you get like these browns or these oranges that look, Uh, they're used in like the... Whatever the HUD at the bottom, and yeah. then in the background, or you have like some like weird brown trees, and then the sky in the background is brown. Um, so it's like, oh, this obviously looks like an NES game. Yep. But it's still a really good-looking NES game. Um, yeah. Probably one of the best-looking games on the system. I I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely looks
1: good. And you mentioned the music, Ugh, Jordan. The music in this game is so good. It is so good, but you know what's kind of funny, Dan? My favorite song from this game is actually from Dreamland. It's at the end of the game where the the color palette goes black and white. They're actually recreating sections of kirby's dreamland on the game boy and kirby is pink but everything else is black and white and you have bad guys from the first game and then it plays that song from the first game and it Mm -hmm. is so good and it's just like this is making me feel my childhood that's funny uh i actually
0: have a point written down uh uh, that's world seven level six the black and white throwback and i assumed it was a throwback to dreamland but i didn't know it is yeah um the music you know is is slightly different uh, it's a song that you hear from earlier in the game or whatever, but I was like, I really appreciate that they did this. This yeah. is really super interesting. It makes me wonder what Kirby's Adventure would have been like if it would have stayed
1: as just a port of Dreamland. Oh man, I'm I'm so glad we didn't get that because what yeah. we got is so much better. Yeah,
0: but it was just it was a, it was one of those like oh awesome, cool. Yep. But as I was saying about the music, like man, this is possibly top five maybe top 10 nes soundtracks for me it's so (laughs) good it is it's just so good i was um i played this game my whole life and early on it's like yeah yeah and then you get to like world four and it's like i'm like oh i remember like just loving the song and i said to my wife earlier i was like the soundtrack in this game is so good it's probably like one of my favorite things about this game she's like are you joking? I'm like, no. Cause that was, I, I went and captured a bunch of footage just to get the soundtrack. And I was
1: just like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm just listening to this music. It's a bummer. We don't have, you don't get a sound test menu in this one.
0: No, you gotta, when you're capturing the soundtrack via video footage, you have to, uh, do it the hard way actually playing
1: the game
2: yeah
0: well no you play the game then you pause it and, and <laughs> let it sit at the pause menu which still plays the music then you wait till the music loops around and then you cut it before it loops around
1: there you go tips and tricks for <laughs> the trade right there can we just keep them?
0: talking about the music so i can put as much of it as possible into the episode
1: yeah i think we've probably talked enough now to put the whole soundtrack yeah in, well so. i've got
0: 15 minutes of music <laughs> to splice into the episode so awesome
1: <laughs> what else you got um, something that I thought was really interesting, a lot of times on the podcast, we complain that these old retro games don't teach you how to play mm. and that you have to be reliant on the manual. Yeah. Now, this game is not that at all. If you wait on the main menu screen, it eventually goes to a video clip that shows you everything that you need to know to play yeah. this game. It teaches you how to play. And then also in the game, anytime you hit pause, it will tell you what you need to know in that moment. So. Um, if you have a power, it will tell you about that power. If you don't have a power, it tells you, hey, suck somebody in and press down and then you yeah. have a power. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is an NES game that actually tells you what you need to know without relying on a manual.
0: It's incredible what uh, years and years of game design can teach developers yeah. about games. It's like, oh, what if we made a game that was like not just cheap and long and we actually tried to make it fun instead of gotcha? Which I mean, let's let's throw some gotchas in there, but let's make the game beatable. I don't and know And let's teach the player how to play.
1: Dan, I don't know that I encountered any gotchas in this game.
0: Well you've played it twice in the last year, Jordan, so yeah. you're probably like nice and warmed I'm up. Basically an expert. Basically. Yeah. A Kirby expert. There were uh there were quite a few gotchas in this game, Jordan. Oh man. It was just enemy placement. And sometimes the spawning is weird if you go like slightly too far to the left or right or top or bottom. And then you're trying to like, if the level like zigzags, it's like, oh, surprise. Like the enemy's back. Or do you remember the section where you got to fly up the giant like tree and there's a bunch of coconut things like falling? All right, fair enough. And it's like, oh, of course, well, the you're all the way to the left and we got to drop a coconut there because that's where you had to be to avoid the other ones. Yep. all right, fair enough. And by the time the coconut spawns above you, it's automatically dropping on you, so good luck avoiding that. There's a few cheap damage spots in this one.
1: I have a much larger, uh, what is it called? I have way more tolerance for gotchas in a game where you have like a big health bar yeah. than in a game where a one-hit kill happens. So yeah. maybe mm-hmm. that's part of why i didn't notice them as much yeah but uh to your point i also do have written down that
0: there's a tutorial that shows you everything you need to know and i really appreciated that they're like hey kirby can walk and he can suck in enemies and he can fly like here's the stuff you need to know to
1: play this game which seems like basic if you only play modern games but if you play retro games you will find out quickly that You either need to have the manual, or you need to Google, or you will not know how to do very important things in the game. Yeah,
0: another thing that's nice about the way that they did it is they weren't like play through a tutorial level while we like get it in your face. It's like, oh, if you just sit at the main menu, we'll show you a video of everything. It's like you don't have to sit there and do that.
1: But and Dan, if you wait even longer, you're like, I want, I'm just gonna sit here and keep watching the screen. Eventually, they'll show you how to draw Kirby too. it's like draw a circle and some arms and some feet and now you have kirby i think
0: that was the first thing that i saw when i turned the game on
1: oh really i must have missed it and then waited around the entire loop again you must not have had had anything better to do i guess not yeah yeah you know what else this game does well dan yes um we've talked before (laughs) on previous episodes about boss gauntlets Yeah, And how sometimes they're very frustrating because you have like a very limited health bar and you have to beat like Mm. five bosses in a row. Yeah, This game has a boss gauntlet and they do it really well because if you die at a boss, well, guess what? You just get to restart at that boss again with a whole new fresh health bar. And as you're playing through the bosses, you can suck them in, steal their powers. So even if you died and lost a power, now you have a new one to fight the next boss or the last boss of the game. And I was like, hey, this is nice. Well, that speaks to the checkpoint system just in general. It's always
0: like whatever the last door that you came out of. uh, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah, it seemed like it. it. Um, Whenever you die, you just go back to the last door you came out of, which is really nice. It really decreases the amount of frustration that you can experience from dying in this game. Um, But yeah, in the boss gauntlet, I think I – I don't know if I got three bosses done before I died, and I was like super annoyed that I died. And that, because I fought that stupid backbreaker boss, and he killed me. I think. Yeah. Because he like turns into like a little pin, and I don't know. It's <sighs> some of the bosses in this game were none of the bosses are particularly hard, but when you're in a hurry and you're trying to finish the game, <laughs> I've got well. There's one. There's one point that I have in what the game didn't do well, which is sort of like the linchpin of all of it. Okay, I'm I'm excited will, to hear it. <sighs> Um, but yeah, so I was relieved when I died after three bosses to only have to go fight whatever the, the fourth boss again. And I think
1: there's six or seven maybe bosses in that gauntlet. I feel like something like that. But instead of like dreading the boss gauntlet, I actually got to appreciate it. And I had a lot more fun with it than I normally do with the boss gauntlet.
0: Yeah. And speaking of the boss gauntlet, this game also has these, uh, arenas, uh, in the overworld, where you can fight a mini boss to get their power. The, all the bosses that you fight in the Gauntlet. Um, so it's like if you're low on health, you can go fight a boss, or if you want, you know, a freeze power or a hammer or something, you can um, go inside these arenas and then just defeat the mini
1: boss and get a, a maximum tomato. Is that what they're called? I have no clue. what the, it's a tomato with an M on it, and yeah. I was first introduced to them in Super Smash Bros. <laughs> and I always thought it just was a tomato. Oh, oh, yeah, the tomatoes, right. It's probably like mega tomato or maximum tomato. I think it's maximum tomato. tomato. But I literally I'll just call always just call them a tomato.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um
1: but the arena was
0: another thing with with bosses that I appreciated in this game.
1: See, I, I actually included the arenas in, and this is my last thing that I have for what the game did well, in the mini-games. Like, you have mm-hmm. all these little mini-games, and we talked about them kind of in the intro, but you have, you know, the, there's like this quick-draw game where you're, um, you know, pulling out your gun and shooting the guy before he can shoot you. There's like a claw game where you're trying to grab Kirby toys out of a machine. Um, there's this, like, egg thing where they're, they're throwing eggs at you, and you got to eat the eggs, but don't eat the bombs. And then you have the arena, and I was like, man, these little mini-games are fun. Some of them you can play over and over again, like the arena, and some of them are like one try, and that's all you get.
0: Yeah, but when you beat the game, it actually... those levels open back up and you can play them as many times as you want or you can just straight up load
1: up the mini games from the main menu and just play them over and over and over again see i didn't go back and check stuff out after i beat it and it realized there was all this new game plus stuff
0: yeah well there's like a couple of uh a couple points that i kind of have with that is and after you beat the game well not after you beat the game but the doors that you go through to enter all of the levels yeah uh, if they're brown, there's like a flashing star on them. That means you haven't found all the secrets in that level. Oh. So you can. go So I finished the game. Took me about three hours. And my save file said 78%. And so you can go see what doors um, are you got to do
1: to get all the secrets in the game. I didn't look and see what my percentage was this time, but I know that when I started my second save file, the time that I played earlier this year, that one was at 75%. Mm. And I know in my second playthrough, I found a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't find the first yeah. time through.
0: Yeah. And then I I kind of have like, uh, I have to see, there's secret switches in some of the levels that actually open up more of the map yeah. as well. Yep. um. So like there's these star warps that you can skip through the worlds a lot faster instead of having to walk all the way through the overworld maps and stuff like that, and then mini games and museums and all that stuff. and um, There's a lot of secrets in this game. One of the things that I have is there's a lot of secrets that it shows you a door, but you don't have any idea how to get it.
1: I loved that. That was so yeah. fun. And I, I spent a lot more time this time playing through trying to figure out what power-up do I need to unlock this part of the stage that will yeah. unlock a different part of the overworld and it adds a whole bunch of replayability and depth that you, you don't need to do it. No. But if you want to, it's there.
0: Yeah. I feel like when I was waiting for like the soundtrack footage to render, yeah, I was like going back and like replaying some of the stuff. And I was like, I feel like this game is a little bit more fun to me now that I'm really trying to stop and figure out what I didn't get and really trying to to look at what I missed and try to solve these secrets. and.
1: Uh, Damn, would you call Kirby a puzzle platformer? Um. D- yeah. Oh, yeah. dang it. I thought you were going to say no. <laughs> I thought I was just going to continue my streak of calling games puzzle platformers without having any idea what that really means.
0: I mean, it kind of scratches the same itch as Portal.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I've, yeah, I've okay. never played Portal. So Have you, so- oh, my goodness. I know do, you like,
0: do you actually like puzzle Portal, games, Portal,
1: no, I hate puzzles. Puzzles are the uh, worst part of any game and you should play the witness i want to just go and hit a bunch of stuff with swords this is what this is the thing this is why i I struggle with puzzle games dan when i was a kid we had mist on my computer and i thought it was just a walking simulator because i had no clue what was going on we just walk (laughs) i saw all these puzzles i didn't even know they were puzzles i have never played mist and i really don't know anything about it well if you like can't speak to that i think i just saw mist mist is like on switch now everything's (laughs) on switch if you got 7 billion people playing your system, every game's going to be there. 7 billion. Uh, I have a couple more points, Jordan. Lay them on me. Um,
0: they're kind of story-ish related. Ooh. S- sort of. Uh, I feel like the levels make you feel like you're going through some sort of adventure. It feels like there's some, I don't know if, If the world feels cohesive, but it's like, oh, you're going through a door and now sometimes you get these like single screen levels where you're just walking to another part of the level and then they put you in this like magic star that like shoots you off to an island or something. Yeah. And it feels like they really tried to make this game feel like a world. Yep. Even though some of that stuff was like, that's kind of pointless. It gave the game this sense of like Kirby's adventure like (laughs) yeah he's actually on an adventure yeah like he's actually on an adventure and I thought that that was something that really enhanced um I don't know it enhanced the game experience for me that they actually made it a point to make the world feel somewhat cohesive or like everything kind of sort of connected nice yeah I can totally see that um and another thing kind of it's not the same thing but like the the end of the game like I loved the ending of this game. It's kind of a twist for more than one reason. We'll get into that in a minute. But um, they give you this like great cutscene where you're fighting DDD, and then in the manual, come to find out, Kirby just didn't listen to DDD. He comes. Ooh. He assumes he's up to his old tricks. DDD is just bathing in this fountain. Yeah, he's taking a bubble bath, and he nonchalantly. When Kirby asks what happened to the star rod, he nonchalantly, the manual specifically says, gave that thing to his friends. He broke up the pieces of it and gave it to his friends. He did. And then Kirby leaves before DDD gets to say more. And then he goes and takes back the pieces of the star rod.
1: This is why communication is so important. You know, so many adventures wouldn't need to happen if we would just listen to our friends. And that's really the moral of the story and the moral of this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So Kirby and DDD get in a fight they do. at the end of the game. And
0: then Kirby's like, he puts the star rod back in the fountain.
1: Big mistake. Even
0: though DDD's like begging him not to. And then Nightmare shows up.
1: Yeah, you thought that DDD was the bad guy all along, but nope. no, he wasn't. He was trying to protect Dreamland spoiler alert! Nightmare. Sorry, there's no spoiler alerts for a game that's like 30 years old. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, Nightmare, who up to this point, didn't even exist. He's the bad guy.
0: Yeah, and that boss fight, a great boss fight.
1: Great boss fight. You great got a shoot up section. Yeah. You got a couple different uh, phases. I loved it. It's
0: beautiful. It's a little awkward. It's supposed to be, like, moving real fast, but sometimes Kirby's standing still, even though the screen's,
1: like... You got some screen shake going on. You got some, like, glitch yeah. effects that came in at some points. I mean, that's
0: what the game doesn't do well, is why is Kirby standing still when the screen is clearly moving, like...
1: Uh, that, Seventy see, miles an hour. They probably didn't have any ability to match the sprite animation with the background animation.
0: Well, they—I don't know—they could have kept it as a shoot 'em up section or something. I don't know. Change the animation. I don't know. I don't we'll know. get there. I don't know. We'll get there. All right. Um, but yeah, loved the ending of this game. Feel like I happen to have the cutter ability where you like throw the boomerang, like yeah, from trash Bros. Cutter things. And so I had a really easy time with the DDD fight because you can just throw them the opposite direction and jump over them and then they'll go behind you. And it was like, I had fun with the DDD fight. It didn't suck. And then the fight with Nightmare was also like, not that bad.
1: Nope, not bad. After at all. a
0: couple tries. So I was like, and then you get a nice cutscene. I'm like, these sweet NES cutscenes where I'm like, man, so
1: it ad- good. I'm going to admit, Dan, the first time that I played this game, I didn't beat Nightmare, and I gave up oh, because Jordan. the section. So there's the shoot 'em up section, and then you go to the part that's not supposed to be a shoot 'em up. But I was still stuck on like trying to get Kirby to fly and like throw things at him in the air, which is a terrible way. You just stand mm. on the ground, yeah. Do the jump attack, and you're gonna kill him. It's yeah. not gonna be bad. And so this time I figured it out. I beat him. Boom. Game over. Yeah. Did you like the ending? I did. I had a, I thought it was
0: great. It's fine. You just you didn't like enjoy one of the best NES endings?
2: No, I, I really enjoyed it. I
1: liked, I liked the twist. I liked everybody being friends in the end. And it makes me feel better about playing as King Dedede in Smash Bros. sometimes because yeah. he's not a bad guy. Right. Uh, Jordan, just like Chip and Dale, a beatable NES game. A beatable NES game, yeah. Um, I mean, I was going to save this till the end, but so I really liked both of these games because he was able to beat them. This game is so much better than Chippendale. It's way longer. Mm. It's got way more depth to it. It's a million times better. The characters are better. Color, music, everything. Better. <laughs> it was just all better. Every part about it was Ooh. better.
0: Chippendale's another one of my favorite soundtracks. Um well. Are you trying to move on, Jordan? Because I, like I got one lore, more and more tiny point.
1: Okay, let's see.
0: I liked the enemy variety. I feel like there's a ton of different enemies in here. And they don't all like behave that different, but it's like you got like a something in a witch hat, like sweeping the floor, and then you got like explodey like angry guys if you try to suck them in, and then you got all the enemies with abilities, and then you got a bunch of mini bosses, and there's like a lot of enemies in this game. Uh
1: also the giant fat jumping llama. It's in the throwback jumping section. It's from llama. Kirby's Dreamland. Uh. It's this big like fat llama with a headband on. Oh,
0: I don't know if I remember seeing him. Oh, you missed out. I like the turtle mini boss. He's like shaking on his back. He gives you the throw power. Yep. He's weird looking. He is weird looking. What is the guy that gives you the backbreaker power supposed to be? He's like a pincer or something. We'll get there, Dan.
1: <laughs> we'll get there. I have a specific note. <laughs> Are you using the notes app? Yeah, I'm using the notes app actually. Um, unfortunately, we're no longer sponsored by the notes app. <laughs> um, that has come to an end. But you know, you guys should still use it it's a great app we, we, we parted ways amicably
0: oh man uh, Jordan that is all that I have uh, are you ready to move on to what the game doesn't do so well I do
1: Dan I, I, I'm ready alright let's do it Alright, Dan. Uh do you want me to do you want me to start with my actual main problem with this game, or do you want me to address the question that you just asked about the, the boss?
0: Whatever you feel in your heart, Jordan.
1: Alright, Dan. That boss was a dung beetle. And do you know what it threw at you, Dan? Dung? It threw dung at you. <laughs> this game This game literally makes you eat. Eat a ball. Yeah. Yeah, now you're realizing. You have to eat a ball of poop and spit it out to defeat that boss. Not a fan, Dan. Not a fan. Oh, Jordan, that's my that is, sweet, pure, innocent Kirby bringing a giant—not a small ball of dung, a large ball of dung. Inside, it's just—it's too much.
0: Now, Jordan, I feel like—and I don't know if we're ready for for me to
1: transition onto my list or not yet. I feel like that's a metaphor Okay. for this experience. Interesting. All right. I'm, I'm ready. I want to hear ready? Where, you're, where you're taking this.
0: Uh, Jordan, okay. this, and I'm not being hyperbolic, this may be the worst running NES game I've ever played.
1: No, Dan,
0: stop. This game has so much slowdown that it, borders unplayable sometimes no and no no not only, no you will take a bunch of damage you will die you will lose your powers no there's so many problems that i have with this game because literally almost every time you fire off an ability the game comes to a screeching halt
1: no Damn. yes Jordan. okay my number one problem with this game is that it can be laggy sometimes no this game is laggy like half of the time i think
0: that were you playing it on the Switch? No, I played the NES cartridge, which it shouldn't even matter.
1: The Switch way I don't emulate... maybe it does matter, Dan, because I didn't have that experience. There, the only time I had that experience was if there were multiple bad guys on the screen shooting off like crazy powers. And not and then, then Which it would, happens a lot. It would slow down a little bit, but I never died from it. It was more like this isn't smooth. I never died from the leg. No, I died from the leg multiple times. Well, I lost okay, powers. Dan, I couldn't the time control- out. wait wait a second. I want you to be honest, and it's okay to you know, nobody's gonna think less of you, Dan. <laughs> Were there times when you died because of your lack of skill and you blamed it on the leg? Everyone's been there, we've all done it, Dan. I just want you to be honest with, with yourself and with our listeners and with me no not in this
0: one um there were times that i lost powers where i would like try to suck them back in and the b button just literally the game was like slideshow b button just not working and i would die or miss a power or a lot of things happened because the controller stopped responding because the game performed so badly it was like okay for all of the things that this game does well
1: how did they get away with a game performing this badly can we okay i I don't know because I don't know anything about game development, really. But (laughs) can we go back to your hyperbolic statement and say there's no way that this game runs worse than River City Ransom in two-player? Well, that's a co-op game. At least that game runs well
0: in single-player, and actually it does run worse than that game
1: in co-op. No, no. 100%. Your cartridge is rusted or has uh, has some sort of... Jordan. Maybe it got the Rona. I don't know what's going Jordan, on. I didn't The Retron
0: five reads the cartridge into the memory. It's not actually like reading off the cartridge in real time. Did
1: you did you blow on it? No. Did you it's check clean. to see if it, the disc was scratched? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this thing runs horribly. It's I, bad. I, I don't know. It's I bad. just I didn't have that experience. I mean, I I wrote down I'm gonna read exactly what I wrote. I wrote can be laggy, doesn't take much. <laughs> doesn't take much (laughs) yeah yeah like
0: if you fire off the beam ability the game is slowing down if you shoot fire the game is slowing down if you try to freeze anything the game is slowing down if you suck in enemies the game is slowing down you
1: have to look at it like the like it's like the like the matrix game where you go into bullet time but I, i i never died from it guys if you press the b button in this game it slows
0: down no yes it does jordan 80 to 85% of the time that you press the B button in this game, it will slow down. All right, I agree to disagree. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jordan. Um, and that slowdown poisoned
1: this game for me. Oh, no. It Damn. poisoned
0: the experience No, for We me, just Jordan. talked
1: for longer than we've ever talked about any game about all the things we liked about it, and now you're throwing a poison pill into here? Yeah. So, Jordan, wh- I was texting you earlier. I sent you a YouTube video of uh, a Game
0: Boy Advance game. Kirby, yeah. Nightmare in Dreamland. Yeah, that looks cool. Yeah. When I was um when I was doing research for this game, I was thinking like, or when I was playing this game, I was like, oh, this game would be so good if it didn't run so poorly. Yeah. It's perfect for a remake. Turns out they remade it for Game Boy Advance. Yeah. And they salvaged this game. This with this game with all of its greatness, they actually made it run well. And Jordan, the poor for the poor performance of this game was made More obvious when I... I was playing a bunch of Kirby games. Just, you know.
1: I did too. I was was exploring the franchise. Couldn't get enough Kirby this week. And I was playing
0: Kirby's Squeak Squad on the DS. Oh. Which I'm like... You went
1: way down the hole.
0: Yeah, right? I was like... I feel like a year ago or something, I was looking at the best Kirby games and nobody was talking about Squeak Squad. Like, I guess it's like not that liked, but it's a really, really, really good game. And I was like... Okay, Kirby can be fun. Like, Kirby can be a lot of fun. Why is this game so much fun? Which plays into another one of my points that I guess I can go there now. Um, after, like, an hour... So I played this game in three sessions. Okay. Three, like, hour-long sessions. And the first two sessions, I was like, I want this to be over. Oh, what? Damn. I need this game to be done. And I was this, in the second section, I was actually getting angry, screaming at the game when I would die, because okay, i was like i need much. this game i need this game to be done i needed it to stop holding me back from finishing it because i'm so over how poorly this game runs
1: wow i i am um, i did dan i only wrote down two things that i didn't like about this game okay i was three but the dung beetle thing was one of yeah,
0: them yeah well and i'm just saying it was it more enforced that point when i played other kirby games and i was
1: like when kirby games run well this is a fun Fun series. Which actually is my second point that stood out is that it lacks a lot of the really cool things that later games in the series did. Mm. Specifically, I played a little bit of Superstar on the Super Nintendo, which was my first time ever doing that. And we need to cover that game on the podcast and we need to play it together because that game from the little bit that I played was awesome. But the main thing that this game lacks that the future games did have are helpers which mm-hmm. like you can swallow a guy and you instead of stealing his power, you can poop him out and now he's your helper and he's going to fight with you. And if you're playing two player, then you have co-op and then yeah. you can be that guy. Mm-hmm. So you can like kind of scroll through, do I want to use this power myself or do I want to make a little helper who's going to fight beside me? Mm-hmm. And... That is like a big thing that you see in a lot of Kirby games going forward that you don't have in this one. So the fact that you can't do co-op, which would have completely broken this game because there's no way it would have (laughs) been able to run on the NES with co-op. But that's like a huge thing that this game is lacking that you get in later games.
0: Yeah, I also played uh, Kirby Brick Ball, which is like a brick breaker game on the Game Boy.
1: They've just shoehorned Kirby into so many different genres. It's been so many different places. It's so weird. There's a putt-putt so golf Kirby game. Uh, there's a like a racing Kirby game, Brick Breaker apparently. Yeah, well, Brick Breaker, I don't know
0: if I've ever talked about this on the podcast. I might have mentioned it like once or twice, but I love Brick Breaker games. Like, really? They're
1: one of my like favorite types of games. That's like 50% of the ads that I get on Facebook are for crappy <laughs> mobile Brick Breaker games. Yeah, I like Brick Breakers a lot. So
0: I not only should we cover Superstar at some point in the future, but I'd also like to cover
1: Kirby Brick Ball or whatever I think it's called. <laughs> I <can't even> remember. <laughs> I'm really passionate about covering this game that I don't remember it name. <laughs> I well, I remember playing it at the kiosk at Target. Okay as all a kid. Right. You got I've some these, history. I've got these few
0: like Target kiosk memories. I'm like Super Metroid, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Kirby Brick Ball.
1: The kiosk, the kiosk was always, how long can I play here before my mom notices or before she gets too far away and I can't track her down anymore? Yeah. Also, Goldeneye. That was another one I played the kiosk where I was like, mom, I need Goldeneye for Christmas. That, I mean, that's just a fact. (laughs) You did need Goldeneye for Christmas. And I'm pretty sure I got it. Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. My, actually, my Aunt Kathy bought us Goldeneye. Thanks, Aunt Kathy. (laughs) Um... But yeah, that's that's
0: all that I have really that the game didn't do so well was the the experience that I had of like having to eat a ball of dung yeah through the entire experience with the way that this game performed really was making me look forward to the end. And I couldn't quite put my finger on why. Like I don't even early on the first hour I was like there's just I don't feel compelled for some reason to keep playing this game it's a podcast game i have to finish it wow sure why not Wow, um i used to like this game a lot more but every time i've tried to go back to it in subsequent years i've never stuck with it and so it's not been like a
2: an uncommon
0: thing for me to not stick with it there's just something about it where i'm like ah i could just not anymore after like i don't know 20 30 minutes of this
1: that's here's three hours though man um I, I was feeling so good. I thought we were on a roll with this. Yeah. I thought we were going to just do universal praise and talk this game up, and then you came in and dropped just telling you, man, it got bomb.
0: so poisoned. That linchpin that ruined all of the the wonderful, incredible things that this game from 1993 does. Um, I like so much about this game, which back to my point about nightmare and dreamland. I'm like, oh. They remade it. They salvaged all of this greatness and put it on the Game Boy Advance, and now it runs according to the long play that I
1: watched. That's just one more reason why I can't wait, and I am so hopeful that Nintendo eventually puts Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games on the Nintendo Switch Mm -hmm. Online service because there are just so many good ones. I mean, just from the Kirby series alone, you have... Uh, dreamland one and two and uh dreamland three which is already on the super dreamland nintendo. three is the super nintendo game is that yeah. on the super nintendo it service
0: is. It's, it's very weird not oh. a big fan i didn't
1: i didn't see that one i i just i started playing superstar yeah. and i didn't even see dreamland three was on there now yeah I to go play that too expensive and weird beautiful gorgeous yeah.
0: art yeah it's one of those weird ones like uh, yoshi's island where it has like oh. a, a really unique art style that no. looks like
1: uh no nope. i don't need that in my life
0: it almost i don't want to say it looks like chalk
1: yeah but yeah. it kind of i know what you're talking about now yeah. I, I i i yeah but i think yeah. my brain just pretended like it didn't exist there i don't love that i just give me the nice cute cartoony kirby yeah well all right i think we're ready i think we're ready to move on all right
0: So, Jordan, what would you pay for the experience that you had with Kirby's Adventure?
1: So this is a hard one. This is actually the game that has the most playtime on my Nintendo Switch Online NES app thing. Yeah. Um, But... Also, I have it on the Nintendo Switch NES Online app thing. Right. So, the, whenever we play a game that's available on there through the subscription, it's hard to quantify what I would pay. Yeah. But I did enjoy this more than Chippendale. There's definitely more depth here. There's more to it. Like for me personally, I couldn't possibly say less than what I said for that one. And I think that was like <laughs> what I say six dollars or $6, something. Yeah. So like, and I, it's got cool art. Like I could see me if I saw a copy of this at Salvation Army or you know, goodwill or whatever, I could see me dropping nine or $10 on Mm, it. mm. Trying to be reasonable here. Yeah. I've been having a hard time
0: lately with this whole, the rules of, of Dan, it's our our podcast. You make up the, we can make up our own rules. I know, but I'm like, I say a game is worth $18. Then I paid $37 to cover it on the show. Yeah. The nostalgia glasses are a weird factor. Um, so I'm feeling like maybe we need to change the rules and, like, you know, what is the game worth? What is the game worth with Nostalgia glasses? like maybe no. make it two points, maybe not. I'm just feeling it's conflicted damn, lately. Dan, but this is
1: the thing. You don't have to feel bad about spending $37 on a game that you think is only worth 18 because it's not just the value that you got from playing the game, but also the value that we got from covering it on the podcast. Yeah. So it's not just your enjoyment, but it's the hundreds of people who will listen to that episode and hear the kind or not so kind things we had to say about it.
0: And maybe that's how I subconsciously justify it. Yeah, it's like, hey, I have to, I have to make a podcast about this. Of course, I can spend eighty dollars on a game. No,
1: wait, you shouldn't do that. Well, I'm probably going to this year. No, oh, Dan, don't. If you
0: know spoilers, just don't. No, just don't. <laughs> just don't. That'll be fun, Jordan. Maybe we'll make that the game for 2021. Is Maybe.
1: is this the $80 game? We can find a loophole. <laughs> we can find like a loophole where it's technically in your collection if you rent it and we and we record the podcast before you have to return the game.
0: Well, that's another like slight confliction that I have. Where I'm like, oh, well, I own this expensive... Like I owned Gunstar Heroes in the Sega
1: Genesis Classics collection, but I didn't
0: have the physical cartridge until we covered it for the show, and I bought it. Hey,
1: the intro just says, in my collection. It doesn't say that you own yeah. the physical copy. So sell Ooh. it. Just sell it.
0: Well, no. See, well that's the thing. What is the, de- the-, the definition
1: of collecting? This is a show about collecting retro games, so that's how I go, are I you, have to have it physically. Are you saying that people who collect things digitally aren't real collectors, Dan. I didn't say that. You did I, I heard that. And I think a lot of you our listeners, hear a lot said, of you, need things. To, you should probably get a PR department and uh, start writing an apology because our- Here's the thing, Jordan.
0: People, I don't feel like, well, I don't know. I don't even want to go there. It doesn't, it does not matter. I'm having another conflicting moment with Kirby's adventure where my gut is saying $7, but then I'm thinking about all of the, the, the good music, the beautiful artwork the the wonderful like environment the story of kirby's adventure and there's a lot that i like about this game the only thing that i don't like about it is all of the slowdown that ruins the gameplay you like the idea of the game you just don't like playing the game yes i want <laughs> i want to get the game boy Advance version okay because i'm like there's a lot to like here yeah but playing this for me was a miserable experience because like i said i don't I'm not being like really hyperbolic. Like 80% of the time that you press the B button in this game, the game is going to
1: slow down. I need you to go back and play this game on the Switch and see if you have that same experience. Okay, maybe. Maybe. But nonetheless, we're talking about collecting games here, Jordan.
0: I know. So we're talking about buying a physical cartridge for your NES. I don't have one of those. I got an extra one I can give you. I don't it would just live in Start a box. Start your collection. It will
1: live in a box in a closet. Twenty twenty one is on the game is a the shelf. year
0: that Jordan starts collecting physical retro games. No, sorry. That's it's the year that I break his switch. It's gonna be a hard pass. <laughs> anyway, so seven dollars. That's okay. what I that's what that's what my seems gut's telling fair. me. Just, I would like to say more. Oh, okay. I wish I could say more. Oh, you're not going to. You just wish you could. I wish I could. Uh realistically, I'm th- I'm feeling $7 uh nostalgia glasses. No. I'm probably going to say like $13 cuz I'm like, oh this is my childhood. It didn't you 13 didn't. 14 probably more like 17. How bad do I want Kirby's adventure? <sighs> If I'm trying to think, okay. So if I knew what I knew today, guys, we were so close.
1: Guys, we were so close that we had we had done two years of this, two and a half years of this podcast. We were getting to a point where the intervention was working. This plan that all of us came up with to make Dan confront his his you know strange addiction to collecting retro video games it had started to work, and now it's all falling apart. I'm I'm sorry that you have to hear this backsliding. Um, we will get him back on track. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> It used to upset me, um, and now I'm just in a nostalgic place. I'm just right. feeling the nostalgia. I don't know, Jordan. It's you know what, Dan. Know. It's 2021. We're officially living in the future. We're actually recording this podcast on January 1st, 2021. It's a uh, you know, it's a it's. I can't believe that today George Washington would be 2021 years old. <laughs> um, All right, just. It's an amazing thing to look back on our past, look forward to the future, and uh we've've we've, we've made it so far
0: yeah uh nostalgia glasses are a weird thing, Jordan um what do you think this is going for on
1: on eBay? Um, Okay, so oh, where are people I'm, paying for Kirby's Adventure, Jordan? You, on the you gave me you gave me some hints, some context that I can know this is a, a game from later in the Nintendo's life cycle, which means that probably less people bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, these are things I've learned from the podcast, and so that it means it's probably worth more money. It's also a bigger franchise, but it's not a huge franchise, yeah. which sometimes actually makes things worth more because they're. I'm gonna say that this game is selling for twenty four dollars.
0: It's not that's not a bad guess. Uh price startings got this one at nineteen.
1: Okay. Nineteen. I could see nineteen. Yeah. I yeah. should have I should have known that when you started doing your like with nostalgia glasses, thirteen, yeah. maybe fourteen, you should, you should know. Maybe seventeen. You were slowly climbing up to nineteen, so you could justify it.
0: Well, you you can always bet that I'm like with nostalgia glasses at thirty two it's probably somewhere in the forty dollar range or something. You can always just probably add
1: eight dollars, ten dollars to my nostalgia glasses to figure out kind of where it's at. All right. I'm gonna use that as part of my equation now. I, I have the knowledge about like yeah. the market and now I have the knowledge about you and I'm gonna combine those yeah. to never get one yeah. of these wrong again.
0: Right. Now Jordan, nineteen dollars. Uh what's the what do you think the PAL tax is on this one?
1: Oh in the PAL region, this one's easily going for thirty dollars. Almost? Thirty two. Thirty two. Thirty-two dollars in the PAL it. region. Yeah, there's a little bit of a markup there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think uh, the uh, the GBA remake? Oh, could be good for. What do you think the good version of Kirby's yeah. is going
1: for? I bet you that's going for like thirty dollars. That
0: is only going for twenty-one.
1: Okay, so still so more than the NES version, which yeah. makes sense.
0: Yeah, well, it's about the same range. It right? looks it looks game. a
1: lot better. It probably plays better.
0: So the PAL region thirty-two for the, the Kirby's adventure and 19 in North America nightmare and dreamlands 21. What do you think the pal tax is on the GBA? Oh, yeah. Remake.
1: That's going to be That's going to be a lot. I bet you that that's selling for like $46, $9. Dang it. PAL! The opposite direction. So
0: they are way more expensive on the NES cartridge. Way more. (laughs) They are $13 higher
1: on the NES cartridge. That's significant. And
0: then they're $12 lower
1: on the GBA. Hey, all of our friends in the PAL region, go go pick this up if you've got a Game Boy Advance laying around or a DS or something that can play it. That's $9. Wow. Definitely worth it. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to say the only version of this game that's worth it is the PAL version. Of nightmare and dreamland Dan, <laughs> for,
1: for the gba whatever it takes to get you to justify it <laughs> i'm gonna say personally i wouldn't spend 19 dollars for an nes copy of this game but because for the sole reason that you can get a full year of nintendo switch online for a dollar more spend the 20 bucks get nintendo switch online play this game there because apparently it plays better or my nostalgia glasses were really strong which is funny because i never even played this game as a kid yeah well, we got to start stop pretending like the Switch online. It's exists. What do you mean stop pretending? It does exist, Dan.
0: It's, well, we got to change the rules. Pretend like it doesn't exist when we walk into this room.
1: No, why why? The whole point is to say is there an easily accessible way to play this game that's worth it? And there is. I don't know if any version is worth it unless it's the remake on GBA. <sighs> well, I will have my fingers crossed for that to be coming to the Switch sometime soon, hopefully yeah. this year. There's so many Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games I want to revisit, and that is one of them. And not those, re- just visit for the first time. Give me those GBA Metroid games on the Switch, please. Man. I've played a Metro game one time. Metro? Like the train game on the yeah, iPhone? riding around on trains. Yeah. Um, Metroid from Smash Bros. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The, the, is
1: that going to be the theme of this year, Dan? Is every game we're playing just a character from Super Smash Bros.? It might be. I know that that applies to our next game.
0: Uh well actually Jordan, the theme from this year is gonna be no games under three hours.
1: Oh no, I like those most
0: of the so the average length of, so I put together a little like hopefully we'll cover these this year. Wait. Average length, twenty-seven hours.
1: No, 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 I can't. No, no it's please not. don't. It's not, it's probably like eight. It's <laughs> <That's> not <laughs> any more reassuring. What happened in the day is I used to be able to just show up here, we'd play a game for an hour and record a podcast. We covered most of the retro games, Jordan. Dan, we're running out of retro games. I, I I'm a 32 <laughs> year old man, and I I feel like you're giving me homework. I'm having flashbacks. I'm gonna start having nightmares. Are you implying that the next game that
0: we're playing, which involves our bounty, we might as well just go there? Yeah, let's just go there. Um, <laughs> do you want to uh, do you want to first announce our dis Disney, dis Disney, Disney, December, Disney-ber winner?
1: Yes, the winner of our Disney bounty and going to have their choice of Aladdin, DuckTales, or Chippendale Rescue Rangers is our good friend Shiffish. Congratulations, Shiffish. Shiffish, picking up the win. So we will be in shiffish, contact. Shiffish, shiffish, shiffish. He's shiffish. on our Discord. You should be there too. So we'll get in touch with him and figure out which one of those three games yeah. he wants. But don't worry, we're going to give away more stuff. Every month we're giving away stuff. So this month we're giving away something apparently that relates to the next game we're playing? Yeah, so the next episode, Jordan, Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII, is a game that everybody loves apparently. Everyone's <laughs> telling us we should play it. <laughs> I've played some of it. I don't
0: think everybody was telling us that we we should play it. What it is is it's it's kind of a Kirby's Adventure situation, Jordan. Where the one time that I've put an honest effort into Final Fantasy VII, I maybe got less than two hours into it, and I was like, I don't get it. And people, when I looked on the internet, people were like, You had to be there at the time. And I'm like, Oh, I wow. got it. I have to figure this Final Fantasy VII thing out. Yeah. So I made it a podcast game so that we uh, we have to deal with it.
1: I'm like 15 hours deep into it. So you're like
0: halfway then. Oh, man.
1: (laughs) I'm hopeful that I'm further than that because I'm playing the updated version that has like the double speed. Yeah. So maybe I'm hopeful that I'm actually 30 hours into it. (laughs) Uh, I'm too nervous to Google and see how far I am actually into it.
0: (sighs) Anyways, yeah. So the next episode, Final Fantasy VII, which means the January bounty we're going to be giving away the winner's choice of either a PS1 copy of Final Fantasy VII or a copy of the Final Fantasy VII Remake
1: on PS4. This is the, So if you buy Final Fantasy Remake, do you get the whole game or you just get like a piece of it? I think it's like the first
0: chapter i think it's a lot though i think there's like 40 hours or something ridiculous of gameplay in that i don't know that for sure but i think it was like we're giving we're gonna give away the part, of hours we're
1: giving away the part that's out now whatever you can get now yes, is what current, you win yeah what are you not even, a subscription to the like what are you even talking about well they're gonna make the rest of the game eventually yeah I in like seven years oh so okay who knows well they're saying,
0: working on it now but it's probably gonna take forever if
1: you win that's this game don't expect us to keep giving you the pieces of it for the next 40 years
0: no no yes it will be a single copy yeah of the currently available final Fantasy VII remake i, I can't believe you just took that went that far I anyways I, I just want to let's get it out there for, all right for legal well,
1: for legal purposes dan our lawyers <laughs> not just we were talking the lawyer who's always here we have our own retainer he slipped <laughs> a note across to me and said make sure they know what they're winning
0: <laughs> uh to enter this month's bounty, yeah, what do you got to do? You have to tell us what you think the best thing about the Final Fantasy franchise is.
1: Oh, I like this. We can learn and we we'll, oh, let's um let's read some of them. Let's read some of them on the next week, not next week, whenever we do our next podcast two weeks. I, I, sure, that's fine. I want to share some of them
0: now, Jordan, I've never been able to get into the Final Fantasy franchise. As a child, I notoriously hated it because I didn't understand what an RPG was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now as somebody who understands video games, appreciates RPGs, I'm having fun with my Final Fantasy VII experience so far. Um, We'll see when I'm 30 hours deep into it. but I'm like, this is one of those franchises that a lot of people like a lot. And I'm like, what do you guys like about this? Because it's like the games, I guess each numbered game takes place in like a different universe or something. And I'm like, this whole Bro, thing is like, I don't like know. I don't know. I don't really, to me. I'm not sure. Uh, this so is just tell a, us what the best thing about the final fantasy franchise is. Yes.
1: Yes. And as a tiny, tiny spoiler alert for our next episode, um, it kind of seems like the dynamic might be heading in the direction of our WWF no mercy episode. So, um, <laughs> just if you have been around the podcast to hear that one, um, Have fun. Jordan, I don't have nostalgia
0: glasses, and I don't think... I'm just saying. I don't think... I don't have... We'll get there.
1: I don't have a preformed opinion on Final Fantasy VII. If you're listening to this live the day this comes out, check back two weeks for our thoughts on Final (laughs) Fantasy VII. If you're binge listening sometime in the future, congratulations. The world is still alive, apparently. Um, Just go to the next one, and we'll Uh, talk about Final Fantasy VII. (laughs) Dan, you can never take it for granted. We just lived through 2020. The murder hornets might take people. We don't know. We don't know, Dan. So I want to congratulate to anybody in the future who happens to still be alive and kicking and the internet's still around, apparently. All right, Jordan, tell people how they can enter our bounty. You can enter our bounty by sending us a DM on, uh, that's a direct message, so I don't want to assume anybody (laughs) knows abbreviations. Send us a direct message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook and just let us know what is your favorite thing about Final Fantasy. It can be really anything. If you don't have a lot of experience with it, maybe you Just make something up. Tell us what you like about... Your thoughts about it. Um, And you can also send us an email at... WorthItOrWorthlessPodcast at gmail.com. And if you... You'll be added to the the list of people who are successful bounty hunters for that month and then we'll do a drawing at the end of the month and somebody will win something. You might be like Shiffish and you could win some free games. A free game. Or if you choose to remake a part of a game.
0: (laughs) Or, of course... You can uh, talk to us on Discord as well. You can send me or Jordan a DM. And if you come and get active on Discord, you can earn up to three extra bounty entries uh, towards those copies of Final Fantasy VII.
1: Yes, our Discord server is a lot of fun. Our, Our community there is growing. We have a really cool group. And we've been doing some fun stuff in there, having some good conversations. Mm -hmm. We guys, um, you can tell that it's a legit community now because we even have some inside jokes. So come on in. (laughs) If you have any questions (laughs) about whatever the inside jokes are, you can send us a DM about those too, and we'll let you in. It's not exclusive. We want everybody to feel welcome (laughs) and part of the Worth It or Worthless family. We even got some um, custom emojis. So you can, if you ever don't like something that somebody says, you can put the worthless emoji on their comment and um but it's it's all in good fun. Jordan, speaking of our
0: Discord emojis, send us ideas for emojis. We need we have we're gonna make a jar of mayonnaise.
1: Yeah. Because you got that's an
0: inside joke. I mean I mean, it's just why wouldn't you want an, a mayonnaise emoji? Clearly Apple Android is dropping the ball because it doesn't exist, I don't think. It should yeah, it should exist. It should exist already, but give us uh emoji ideas. Yeah, we'll make we'll make some emojis. Maybe uh Hmm. Should we do a second bounty entry, Jordan, with emoji ideas?
1: Yeah, send us your ideas for custom emojis. <laughs> I have nothing better to do than pixel art some emojis. So send us your idea for a custom emoji and we'll add you You get a second bounty there we entry. Go, yeah. Win yourself some Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah. Bonus entry. Bonus entry. That's gonna be funny because sometimes people don't listen this far. And so <laughs> the, you'll, you'll be at a disadvantage. But so for anyone who's still listening, congrats, you have an extra opportunity to win Final Fantasy 7 all right.
0: Jordan, do we have trivia today? Did oh, you do your job this yes. time?
1: Yeah, guys, I did it. I got a couple going back to Kirby's <laughs> Adventure. I don't even know if we're in the right order anymore, but we're going to do a couple Kirby's Adventure trivias. I got a couple ones real quick here. All right. Our first trivia question comes from Mr. Aldo Pink on Instagram, and they ask, Sakurai always intended... It, actually, I said asked, but then it's like a statement. So, Dan, I want you to understand this first part is a statement, okay? Sakurai always intended Kirby to be pink, But Miyamoto originally wanted the character to be which color instead? Do you understand what's going on here? Sakurai wanted him to be pink. I
0: know. I saw that he always,
1: the team was surprised that he was always pink. Yeah. Because Miyamoto wanted him to be a different color. Which color was it? Was it white, yellow, green, or gray? White, yellow, green, or gray? Yeah. Which one of those four colors did Miyamoto want Kirby to be instead of pink? That is interesting. I
0: feel like, okay, yellow sounds awful to me. <laughs> there's a yellow Kirby in Smash Bros. Well, there's all different cards, parts, uh, all different colors of Kirby. Which, by the way, when you beat Meta Knight in Kirby's Adventure, he's like a little black Kirby. I was like pumped. I was like, oh, Meta Knight without a mask. He's just a black Kirby. Yeah, it's like that's of course, awesome. Of course he's a black Kirby.
1: What do you think he was gonna
0: be? I didn't. I had no idea. I had no idea what he looked like, but I was pumped that. Again, this game's story, the cutscenes, there's a lot of. So much depth. There's a lot of nice details in this game. I love it. I love it. Um, green doesn't sound right to me. Was that a choice? Did you say green? White, yellow, green, gray. I feel like white or gray seem like the most likely. Yeah. I just. I'm picturing Kirby as green or yellow, and I'm like, eh, but I feel like that's probably one of the answers. <laughs> You got to pick one, Dan. I know, I know. I'm working on it. I'm trying to logic this out in my head. Um, What do you have it narrowed down to? White and gray. Okay, Um, you're wrong. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Jordan, you didn't even, I was literally about to say, I was literally about to say white and gray, so it's not one of those
1: two. Oh, okay. Well, I narrowed it down for you. You just got to pick one.
0: Because I was going to say the things that I think it is, probably not those because those make sense.
1: Yeah, well, I'm just gonna say green. I'm just gonna guess now. Even with a 50% chance, you got it wrong. He's yellow. He want Miyamoto wanted him to be yellow. So congrats, Mister Aldo Pink. You stumped Dan. That seems there it goes. Terrible. We thought we were gonna get onto a, n- a whole new role of Dan. Never always getting these right. But why would Kirby be yellow? I don't know. Cause maybe because the 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 original Game Boy screen was yellow, and he just no, it wasn't. It was green. What are you talking about? The DMG about? screen is yellow. What? That The fat boy, the fat the game fat boy. The fat boy is not yellow, Jordan. Okay. I've it's got like three a, of them on a shelf right, at home. Whatever. All right. Anyway, our <laughs> second question comes from <laughs> at hoagie155 on Instagram. Who was Kirby named after? Where did the name Kirby come from? Do you want the answers or do you know it? I have uh, my gut is
0: telling me something, but I would like the. Uh, well, let's hear your gut picture. and then I'll
1: give you the answers.
0: My immediate gut was
1: saying Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby, the, um, the comic book writer? Yes. Okay. No, um, that's a, I should have, I feel bad that I didn't pick that as one of my fake answers now. Uh, was it Miyamoto's dog, a Nintendo warehouse manager, the Nintendo of America president's son or a Nintendo lawyer?
0: I believe it was the warehouse manager. That sounds like something from the back of my head. It does,
1: right? And I kind of thought that's what it was until I Googled it and- And Fact
0: checked? Well, no, they didn't. Jordan, my heart.
1: no, no. they didn't tell me. I had to just Google and get the answer. The actual correct answer is a lawyer, and I actually grabbed a little bit of his Wikipedia entry because this guy oh. actually has a Wikipedia entry because Kirby was named after him. John Joseph Kirby, John Joseph Kirby Jr. No, John Joseph Kirby Jr., Uh, was an American attorney who was most notable for his successful defense for Nintendo against Universal Studios over the copyrightability of the character Donkey Kong because Universal Studios was trying to say, no, that's just King Kong. You can't name him Donkey Kong. John Joseph Kirby argued for Nintendo, and Nintendo was so happy that he won that case for them that they named the character Kirby in honor of him. And actually, he just passed away last year.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Wasn't, so the, the, there must have been somebody, a warehouse manager or something
1: that ran Nintendo of America or something. No, I, look, there is something about a warehouse guy and I think that maybe that's where they got the name Mario from. It could be.
0: Like, yeah, that, that was some in my brain, lore.
1: Yeah, there's something with a warehouse manager. I think that maybe is where Mario came from. Okay. Because I also have that Probably in my not. head, we and that's why I wrote about. it down as a as a fake yes, answer. It's a good fake answer. I know. I thought so too. A little bit of truth. Anyway, there's our trivia. Hopefully, those of you online listening did better than Dan here in the studio. It doesn't matter either way. Hoagie and Aldo Pink, we're gonna send you guys some cool stuff in the mail. Actually, I'll just give Hoagie his in person's because I know him.
0: Oh, you will have those by June when Jordan gets around to sending them out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I... uh, Uh,
0: Along with... We uh, like to build the suspense. (laughs) We
1: like to build up some suspense.
0: (laughs) All right, my friend. Do we have anything else before we close out the show with our music segment?
1: I think that's going to be it. Uh, Happy New Year to all of you. We hope that your 2021 is off to a great start by the time you hear this. If not, don't worry. There's still lots of year left and things (laughs) things can only go up, right? I don't know, your personal individual situation. But if you're having a rough time, hop on Discord, make some jokes with us, and um, at least maybe we can help you forget about whatever it is. I'm not trying to counsel you over the internet right now, but I hope your 2021 is great. Yeah. Also, the Discord invite
0: link uh, will be in the podcast description, along with all of the other relevant information that we mentioned in the podcast, all of the music, all of the stuff. Podcast description. It's all there. Guys, today's track is a Synthwave cover of Dark World from The Legend of Zelda. That sounds fun. Off an album called Legend of Synthwave by uh, a guy that we like a lot, Jordan, Hellint.
1: Are you sure that's how you say his name?
0: Uh, Hellint? H-E-L-Y-N-T. No H-E-L-Y-N-T. He wrote uh, Super Lo-Fi World and Super Lo-Fi World 2, which are both fantastic albums that I would also highly recommend checking out. Chef's but- Kiss. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. We will uh, see you in the next one. See ya. Bye.